Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Give us a shout out on Instagram by posting a story of you listening to the show and link back to us at at Gays Revolting Pod or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. Hi, everybody. Welcome Hello. back to another episode. We have three of your regular hosts tonight. Unfortunately, Mikey has heard us back and tonight and can't record. Oh. Hashtag mm. future husband. <laughs> but we do have Luke, who got gastro last week as the ultimate karma because he got the shits instead of giving them for a change. <laughs> That's decent. That's decent. That's pretty good. <laughs> we have Lord Thomas Jaspers, whose dusty old overalls are more worn and ill-fitting than his asshole. Oh. <laughs> and me, Kyle, the lovable one, with nothing bad to say about myself. <laughs> the one I only have bad things to I say know, about. I know, I know. Got to counteract. How are you, boys? Hi. Yeah. I haven't Good. seen you for a whole week. You were at Gay Times. I went to Gay Times. How you went to that? Dalesford. Yes, I and did. Luke, I went you just, home. You went home. Um, yes, I went to Gay <laughs> Times first of all, the happiest mm-hmm. place on earth. Luke, you went once. You've been once, haven't you? Yeah, I've been yeah. to the very first one. I've done three out of the four. The three? only reason I didn't how long has it been going for? Four years. Oh, I didn't sure, do okay. last year because I was doing Adelaide. Is it bigger Festival. every year? Yeah, it's just amazing. Cool. It is like the most beautiful yeah. queer. It's ninety-two percent of the acts are queer. Sixty something mm-hmm. percent of the acts are female. Have female members in the band. We were performing as Granny Bingo which was amazing we got to host the whole festival this year which was really fucking cool Um, and it's just like the most eclectic beautiful mix of people who are just like all loving each other and yeah it looked really good yeah I was laughing at all the Granny Bingo I can't yeah (laughs) (laughs) Caroline Springs was the pill tester for the festival (laughs) I felt like a weird like you know in the detective movies where someone has like the board with the oh with the strings stick together yeah every single gay or queer person I knew who didn't know each other ended up tagged Yeah, but I mean, like, I did see a lot of like weird like interactions of people. Yeah, I was like, this person knows this person now, and this person knows that person. Gays have innate ability of finding absolutely, and there were so many lovely people that that listened to our podcast that came up and said hello to me, which was really nice. So thank you to all those people. Sorry, I don't really remember it because I was a little bit wasted, but um, (laughs) it was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) I had a great weekend. I got over gastro. I got an electric toothbrush. Oh, and I invented this. Is that how you got over (laughs) gastro? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't trust electric toothbrushes. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting used to it. It's not really interesting. You know you're I'll... supposed to put it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. you know, talk about yeah. it. 
But then I also invented a new game to replace my going to GPs and wasting their time game. Oh. Now I have this new game before I go to bed with someone and you're falling asleep. Instead of like nice pillow talk, I just describe obscure puzzles from old point and click adventure games. Oh my God. King's Quest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they have no idea what's going on. I was like, okay. I can see how that. So you're in the French like countryside and you need to get a And my weekend was pretty good How are you single? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, no, I went to Dalesford. I've never been there before. It's gorgeous. Where all gay men go to die. I heard it was like lesbian town. It's a very, it's a very (laughs) queer town. There's a lot of gay and lesbian people living there, especially like not old, but. Well, there is a lot of people that retire there. It's the it's the only um, gay and lesbian retirement home in, oh, in Australia, isn't it? That's where it is. Definitely the only one in Victoria, at wow. least. Yeah, I'm genuinely already saving to go to that nursing home in Dalesford. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be surrounded by straight people when I'm old. Oh, no, and I must mention, Kyle, <laughs> you sound really good really on the podcast today. So do you, Luke? <laughs> that would be because we're using brand new Rode mics. Thanks, Rode. Thanks, Rode. <laughs> in our gorgeous castaway studio. couple of weeks from now, Kyle and I are going to be at Mardi Gras. Yes, we Luke, are. Luke, you're not going, are you? No, I don't do things. Have you been like, before? I've been to one of those as well. well so one Mardi Gras, like, one yeah. gay times. Have you done a chill out? I haven't done chill out. Okay, well, I'll we'll do take you one next. chill out. Uh, well, of course, Mardi Gras is coming up this coming weekend. Well, the parade's coming up this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. The festival does go for a few weeks. Starts with their carnival day and ends with their parade day. So, we thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about the history of Mardi Gras. Do you know your history of Mardi Gras, Kyle? I am foreign. <laughs> <laughs> Good excuse. Do you know your Stonewall history? No. Oh, Nobody okay. died at Stonewall. Yeah, I just know the meme. I know the meme of Derek Barry being very confused about how no one died in Stonewall. Okay. Well, I was like, well, this is We're going to do the history new- of <laughs> Mardi Gras. But you do have to go back to Stonewall really to look at it. So Sto- okay. the Stonewall Inn is in New York. And the Stonewall riots took place in 1969. It was actually a series of riots. The first one was on mm-hmm. June 28th. And it was a very big deal. It was illegal to be gay and or yeah. lesbian or trans mm-hmm. or what they would call cross-dressing as well which drag oh, okay. there wasn't a lot of places for people to go and so the Stonewall Inn was actually run by the mafia so oh. they paid off cops and mm-hmm. would get warnings sent to them so yeah. they could clear everybody out anyone that was obviously gay or, or in drag mm-hmm. or whatever would clear out before the coppers got there I'm probably going to get sad talking about this. A lot of the people there were um, just homeless youths mm-hmm. that had been kicked yeah. out of their families in the 60s. It was not okay in America or most of the Western world to be, you know, a young gay kid. And so they sort of found refuge in New York and a lot of them would go to places like the Stonewall for, for safety. So, yeah, on that night, there was no tip-off by the cops. Yeah. And so they barged in and they started bashing the shit out of people, wow. dragging people out. And the people fought back and they started yeah. this massive riot on that night. And it sparked a series of spontaneous sort of mm-hmm. violent um, protests, both at the Stonewall and other venues around New York as well that were queer venues. And they kept continuously fighting back. And, yeah. and it started, it really is one of the major catalysts for, for the modern LGBTI rights movements. So that was 1969. Skip forward to 1978. So mm-hmm. Sydney was the gay mecca of Australia. They had Oxford Street and, and the bars along there. 1978 was when we had our first sort of big one. And it was actually organised in recognition of Stonewall. So it was what was called the International Gay Solidarity Celebrations. And they were organised sort of all around the world to honour the 1969 Stonewall riots. So the Sydney one, at the time you had to get permission to have like a, a, yeah. a gathering of people to protest. They got the permission from the police. Mm-hmm. They started gathering. They were chanting, you know, the chant out of the bars and into the streets and that sort of thing as they were marching along. The police actually revoked their permit 
um, oh, on the night. They like found out what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. on the night they, they revoked the permit and um, started uh, or trying to stop them. And it again turned violent. The police started forcing them into vans, dragging Jesus, them into vans. Yeah. You know, and we're talking like the photos and stuff you look at, mm-hmm. and it is just heartbreaking. There is like kids there. There's older people there. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. having the shit beaten out of them mm-hmm. by these cops. Who fucking took their right away to fucking march? It just makes me so angry. Anyway, mm. so these people got arrested. They got taken into custody. The Sydney Morning Herald printed the names of every single person and the age of every single person that was arrested that night. Mm-hmm. And you were allowed to fire people at the time for being gay. So people lost their jobs. People who went out to their families lost their families. Mm-hmm. It literally destroyed lives. All of these names printed in this newspaper. Jesus. So because of those brave marches on yeah. that night, the, the following year the government repealed the legislation that made their arrests possible which meant that they didn't need a permit to make the demonstration anymore so the following march in 1979 3,000 people went and marched and was incredibly brave because they were still not sure what was going to happen they were still worried that they would get arrested they even actually set up like a a fund for people to raise money before the march in case they had to pay bail to get people out of prison that night or the following morning Mm, and that sort of stuff which is really brave and amazing and like we just don't understand how yeah i mean i'd really never thought about it that much because like I guess me and I guess like a lot of people just see it as kind of like a big party to celebrate your pride but you don't actually think about all the stuff how it started how it's all started and everything that's gone into it I mean yeah we say history but this is eight years before I was born like it's not we're not talking like Titanic times we're talking I mean almost (laughs) (laughs) we're talking you know very recent times and it's grown and grown every year which I think is amazing like the party first was introduced in 1980 so the post parade party oh that's like not that not that long ago by 1989 I think they had 200,000 people. I think one of the biggest marches wow. they had was 1993, where they had half a million people lining the streets mm. of, of Oxford Street and, and um, the entire path. Mm. And of course, it brings in thousands yeah, of so people from overseas. I mean, yeah. uh, Melbourne's empty on Mardi Gras week. Yeah. You know? Oh my God, absolutely. Um, I and remember also from yeah. around the world. Yeah. When I went last year, I saw like every single person I would ever see out at yeah. Mardi Gras. The, uh, yeah, it must have been absolutely I think yeah. JB has gone to more Mardi Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you go every year, Tom? No, I don't go every year. I go, I mean, it's also like right in the middle of all the arts festival time oh, so true, if I have yeah, the time off I definitely go I'm going this year yeah. very excited about I'm it I'm very excited I have been yeah. for a couple of years yeah. week, when did it start getting televised because there was a few years where it wasn't televised it's, it's now again being televised but mm-hmm. it's not live it's now a because it was televised live for a little while there yeah but it's now on SBS sort of edited down to highlights because I think that's an important I think that's part, incredible especially for people of our generation Tom where we were young and still in the closet with not a lot of visibility oh yeah our community and I have very vivid memories of sneaking out of bed to watch yeah. the parade yeah. because it, it's really the only mainstream avenue that you know exists yeah. so you know there's Mardi Gras and that there will be mm-hmm. gay people there mm. and that it will be on TV and so you kind of find a way you want to get a peek and it's kind of like I remember one behind the curtain one, uh, you know must have been like a Sunday morning there was the neighbours over they were having a barbecue or something like that yeah and it was on the news and there was footage of this like queen in a oh, no. jock strap riding a there's massive there's a lot of jock straps massive, yeah. <laughs> riding this massive penis down um, oh no no it wasn't his own it was like a mechanical yeah. penis <laughs> yeah. riding it down and I was like oh my god this is fucking amazing like, <laughs> You're like, anything. and one gay. of the neighbours dads was like oh well I don't mind them being gay but do they have to go riding giant penises down yeah. the road <laughs> <laughs> that's Tom Saturday Dykes on Bikes 
oh, making the biggest impression because yeah. that was always at, yeah. like the start of the that's the tra- strong traditions. Dark Sun Bikes always. Oh, they always yeah. number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so seeing that right at the beginning, and I'd always sneak out mm. and like watch it secretly yeah. when I was a kid. I don't know. It's like ingrained in my brain as <laughs> yeah. being like one of the first avenues of gay culture I'd yeah. ever seen. And don't they yeah. have all the original people who protested? Yeah, now so that's as the well? really nice thing. Is it's called so the seventy the seventy eighters? So 70 yeah, 80s. yeah, the ones great. that were at that first nineteen seventy eight yeah. march, um, or the, the ones that are still with us, are all invited every year to that's come. They have yeah. a bus that takes them down. Some of them are mm-hmm. obviously you know oh. older and can't do. It. It's a very long walk. Have, you haven't done the walk, have you? No, I no. haven't. Um, when I went last year, we missed the parade. Like, we were oh, chasing it. We went God, to the wrong place. Like, we didn't know Sydney. How do you then, go to the wrong place? <laughs> I don't know. We went to the wrong place or the wrong part. Like, like so I think we'd missed it. And then we're just all standing there in the middle of the city with, like, outfits. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on oh. here? So, we had to catch, like, another Uber. And then we kind of just caught the end bit of it, yeah, I right. think. But this year when we go, we want to make a good effort to just properly see it and get good spots. You've got to get there early for yeah. I mean, people camp out Yeah, I think overnight. that was our mistake. Yeah. We went yeah. really late. And we are um, like, oh, we can just go. Have a yeah, look. no, it's amazing. And it is beautiful. I mean, there's so many different people marching. And like you were sort of saying, Luke, like seeing the, the Dark Sun Bikes going first. I, I really like that too. What I like about it is it's a real show of strength. People seem to have this thing that the LGBTI community are weak people. And I think that's mm. what those police initially at, at the Stonewall riots and then at the um, first ever Mardi Gras thought that they could just come in and treat us like shit. Mm. And it's like, no, we will stick together. Yeah. We are actually quite strong and brave. And the, I think that's a really beautiful symbol of the Dark Sun Bikes going first down the parade. Yeah, I think it's, and yeah, then it's lovely. The, the police march now as well. The I police mean, march don't now Don't they march well? right behind the 70... 70- the 78ers I don't know if they do much behind the 78ers but I do remember a few years ago when I was in the parade oh god I'm gonna cry again (laughs) Um, seeing the 78ers on a bus yeah sorry oh Tom (laughs) it's just like these are sort of like our ancestors yeah and um (laughs) sorry no that's alright take a moment Seeing the um, 78ers go past the cops mm. yeah. on their bus mm-hmm. and the cops turned and saluted them all. Yeah. And I just think in 40 years, that's yeah. the, those people did a really brave yeah. thing at first. Sorry. It would be a really beautiful moment. Trying to hold the wrench. All right. I'm coming Sorry. over to hug you. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's a yeah. What those people did in 1978 is really fucking brave, and I, it yeah. was just yeah, seeing um the cops turn and salute. Yeah, um, that would be the huge. 78ers on their bus is amazing. And and look, there's people that still complain. I know mm-hmm. the uh, Manchester Pride had a big. I think it was Manchester Police aren't yeah. allowed to march in the Manchester Pride anymore. Really. I, I don't want to say what other people should feel. What I think is beautiful about what's happened with the world is we now have LGBTI cops. And I think it's really great that they are now allowed to, in their uniforms, mm-hmm. go and stand in that march. Yeah, because you see so many photos pop up of people in uniform, like, showing yeah. a kiss and, like, beautiful moments. Yeah, like it's that. lovely. And they've also yeah. got the armed forces and all that sort of stuff in yeah. there as well. I think it's it really shows how far I think that's really important. And that, to, like, and that all goes that down to these fucking homeless kids and these trans women and these lesbians and these gay yeah. guys and stuff that were brave enough to go out on those those first marches at Stonewall and Sydney Mardi Gras and other ones that happened around the world, which is, yeah, just incredible. Wow. Um, and it's also events like this. Like when you really think about it, we have nothing in common with lesbians or trans people mm-hmm. or bisexual people. There's really very little that makes us similar. We're lumped together in this community because we were all ostracized together and we were all marginalized together. Yeah. And so seeing events like this, mm-hmm. I think, is so important because um, we're all sticking together. We're mm-hmm. all saying, no, we are going to stand up for each other. And I think that's what's really important we need to keep in mind as things become 
better for some of us individuals. We have to keep looking out for other marginalized people yeah. and banding together and, and helping everybody Absolutely. else out. Did you see that Mardi Gras is in the works to ban glitter from, <laughs> yes. from the actual thing? You know Isn't that what? crazy? Like, I mean, I'm super supportive of it because we have such a huge problem with plastic. But at the same time, it's like Mardi Gras is known for glitter and sparkles. Yeah. So like they but need you the alter- to- they need to like promote this alternative. You are still Absolutely. allowed to use the um like, you get, yeah, you get all the eco-friendly ones. So is that they, eco-friendly that, glitter? There's eco-friendly yeah. glitter, yeah. It's becoming bigger and bigger. It's, and I think it's similar definitely... to that like edible glitter or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They're doing other stuff to make them green. So last year for the first time, you know the banner? I don't know if you've seen the photos of all the banners. Because it's how many kilometers is the parade route? Like kilometers and kilometers. Mm, yeah. And on either side of the road, they have these banners that go the entire length. Oh, and say Sydney Mardi Gras 2000, yeah. and whatever year it is, with the same, those logos for that year and that sort of stuff. And it's made out of this like fabric. So last year they turned all of that into bags oh, yeah. and recycled it all into or upcycled it all into like carry bags that you yeah. can buy afterwards and then that money went to supporting different charities that's awesome like that. that's really good so yeah they they're, should they're do doing more a whole things of, yeah. like that yeah and I heard they're, they're like doing working a whole to ban balloons and like yeah, all the balloon releases and stuff because yeah. that's ridiculous I yeah absolutely and unfortunately but, um, as much as I love glitter but I imagine yeah. all that microplastic going down into the yeah, it's, and yeah. Up it's, in the ocean it's definitely the right yeah. thing to do it's just yeah. a shock to think Mighty Gras like not sparkling but um, yeah I will be doing a look I'm going to do a glitter beard at Mighty Gras but it will be biodegradable Yeah, I can yeah. It's just a shame our environmental gay Mikey is not. Oh. <laughs> environmental gay Mikey. You know, we get so caught up in our Melbourne pubs and our yeah. Melbourne <laughs> There's <venues>. other cities. <laughs> there is a gay pub in Perth called The Court. Yeah. That oh. is um, currently under a bit of Facebook fire. I went through and peeped their comments. Oh, and there's yes. like, you always see it in these like smaller towns mm-hmm. when something blows up. One of their posts has like 4,000 comments and yeah. everything else. Yeah. I mean, we should <laughs> clarify that Perth isn't strictly speaking a rural no, town. No, yeah. I've, I've never been. Small. But wait, is that where you're from, Luke? No, I'm from Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, Perth. I always get confused between the two because I've never been to either. Um, <laughs> oh, sweet. I'm going to buy you a map. <laughs> <laughs> but local members of our community in Perth are quite upset and have actually started my favorite thing, which is a change.org petition (laughs) because one of the few LGBTQIA plus venues that they have there recently underwent some massive renovations, multi-million dollar renovations apparently. What that actually did was make it one of the bigger venues and one of the nicest venues venues Mm -hmm. and attracted a new clientele. I am talking about heterosexual people, (laughs) which is totally (laughs) fine. And I think we've talked about, you know, how to be a straight person in in queer spaces. But there's been some real clashes at this venue in terms of harassment. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a lot. Yeah, Yeah. this has popped up quite a bit for me. I've read a lot of the comments of people being abused. Yeah. Yeah, and some really horrific stuff and security guards not really noticing Mm. or not paying attention. People reporting to security guards and them not actually acting on it Mm. or kicking both of the people out of the club. Mm. So in the ultimate feisty move, the petition says, well, you might as well remove the rainbow flag and yes. the LGBT signage mm-hmm. until it is a friendly space. Yeah. For- Which I think is a I think fair that's call. totally fair. Absolutely. It's a funny... I was heartbroken to read this. Last time I went to the court was a few years ago before all these renovations and it was such a fun place to go. Perth is a funny city. It's it's uh, one of the wealthiest cities in Australia. It's also smack bang in the middle of Western Australia with no other major cities around it. Yeah. And it has a huge amount of fly-in, fly-out population of people from mining towns. So oh. 
companies true. loaded up mm-hmm. mining. Look, I'm going to say a lot of them are heterosexual. Not a lot of queer people go and become miners. I don't know why, yeah. but that's true. <laughs> so a lot of them are sort of flying in with all this cash yes. for you know their week break mm-hmm. in Perth and partying like crazy and don't really give a fuck how they treat other people yeah, in the city. And be... a lot of the queer people that are going to these cities live in Perth permanently. So yeah, I was really heartbroken to read this stuff and also that the, the the management until this petition was put together hadn't really done anything about Weren't it. Really, yeah, it it surprises me because you think with a few LGBT spaces being available, you'd be yeah. really protective and, yeah, and absolutely. really clued in. Um, I can say that management seemed to be really listening to this yeah, and responsive. I have been reading all their, and their responses. Their comments, well. oh my, there was one where they were like, <laughs> like they're actively asking yes. their clientele, well, what can we do? Hmm. And that means you don't always get it right all the time. No. I saw one post where they're like, well, do you guys want like a girls night only? Yeah, I read that. Boy, like yeah. a guys night only. Girls night or boys night. And, and people. the audience was like, no, like, no, that's, that's not that's how we work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The worst Has idea. Has it changed management? Um, I wasn't sure. Is it new management? I don't know. Like since, since the renovation. The renovation. Yeah, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure if it is the same. Um, I mean, regardless, if you're going to keep that, because I've got a big gay flag, not just like hanging from the building, but like it's part line, of the signage. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to run that venue with that gay flag there, you better fucking make sure it's safe for people that are finding refuge in that place, you know? Yeah. One of the measures that they're taking is employing what they call RSA officers yep. or Rainbow Safety and Attitude officers. Uh, they're members that you can go to if you're being harassed yeah. or uncomfortable or you want to report homophobic Mm. behavior so there will be people there specifically to report back to but i guess it's a broader topic Mm. about like they don't want to discriminate either they don't want to have a door policy they're putting in i think it's not i don't think it's about discriminating against anybody i think it's about making sure that nobody discriminates against each other once they're in the venue yeah well the management initially were saying they see it as discrimination to you know like choose not to to restrict heterosexual people from going to these venues but it, it's a conversation, I think, that we're starting to have more and more as mm. our spaces become more popular and better and better. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of my straight friends have figured out in the last few years if they want a really comfortable night out mm-hmm. that's fun and inclusive. They would go to a queer space or an LGBT generally bar. they are those things. Because yeah, they are generally yeah. <laughs> those things. But it's a tipping point. It's like if more and more people start doing that, do they still... Stay. Is it just a blended space? I, I think queer spaces have always been quite welcoming of heterosexual people. They're just not welcoming of assholes that make other people feel uncomfortable. The comments that were I was reading were things like straight cis men pushing to the front of the women's queue and saying, I'm trans, so I get to go in here first and pushing through the door. Like oh, that's, yeah, that's making fucked. people uncomfortable in a space. That's yeah. If I was saying that petition, it wouldn't be because I want to ban all straight people. I would be saying that person is not welcoming in exactly, a queer yeah. space. There was people make, like taking photos of gay couples making out and posting them and, and making fun like of them online that sort yeah. of thing yeah like that's not cool um, yeah I heard people being cornered in bathrooms and stuff yeah even. and yeah, intimidated yeah so scary the people want to go to your safe space you want to feel safe you want to be with your friends absolutely yeah. and then you get picked on by these yeah I don't and know. if it was a gay person doing that then I would want them banned as well if a yeah, gay guy was to jump yeah, the so women's queue and say oh, I'm trans let way. me go in first yeah. then yeah ban them I do well. like the idea of having all these officers positioned I around do. that are very visible yeah I think maybe I think even more so spaces they're also have that yeah I think it's great they're also saying that they're retraining their security staff and they'll be wearing 
allowing ping vests yes. to make them more visible and that sort of thing, which is mm-hmm. also really important. I mean, security staff, a lot of them, and this is a problem across lots of venues, is that they're agency mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So they might not uh, be yeah. really they're knowledgeable not, about the specific yes. needs of a venue. And I think that they're working on making sure that all the ones that work there are going to be, which is good. Um, I did see a really nice thing. And this is, again, going back to the last topic of our community coming together to help each other out. The drag community of Perth have now organised a night where all of yeah. the drag queens mm-hmm. of Perth are descending on the court for a night. And they're saying to all of the people that have not felt comfortable there yeah. over the last several months mm-hmm. to come along that night and that they will be making sure that any yeah. person that tries to make someone feel uncomfortable God. you're going to have 50 drag queens fuck yeah I want drag queen security guys <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome yeah. like, like well was it a drag queen or a trans person that threw the first brick at, at the Stonewall Rise oh, well yeah. that is a very debated topic and it's is definitely it really? was no. someone that identified as a woman but there's mixed reports as to whether it was a well known lesbian or a, a well known trans person we don't really know at the end of the day, a lot of these bars are also businesses mm. that need to turn a profit. Definitely, and, yeah. And that does include, to a certain extent, not restricting, you know, who they let yeah. through the doors. And sure. and I think one of the comments or one of the questions I'd asked was like, well, how do we keep this venue gay without it mm-hmm. being tacky, like in terms of the decor and yeah. stuff? And they were actually worried that if this venue was too gay they would potentially lose customers mm. and then lose their business. And then but that would... shouldn't be the kind of customers that they should well, want. You can make yeah, a venue, like you should... If you want to make a venue that's full of rough as guts, people bashing the shit out of each yeah. other, fine, but take your rainbow flag off it. Because exactly it's right. Open it. up somewhere else. But it raises a good point there, Luke, because you look at venues like the GH in Melbourne. It's the GH Greyhound? It was the Greyhound, then it changed to the GH. Yeah, I, yeah. Was so it was one of Melbourne's oldest LGBTI venues. Went through a renovation eight, nine years ago, I think. It closed Ten before I moved to Melbourne. When did you move here? When did I move? 2016. I'm pretty sure it was closed before I moved. Yeah. So anyway, basically, it had a it had a massive renovation. They spent they had the biggest screen Mm -hmm. of any club in Australia and all that sort of stuff, and it was massive and it was beautiful and stunning. But they decided that they needed to get more straight people in if they were going to make enough money to Ah. make it financially viable. Yeah. So they created the hens pen. So at the front of the stage, there was a blocked Mm -hmm. off section for hens nights to come and gawk and rip jokes and all these different things. And they started doing like two for one ladies and stuff like that. And it's like, hang on, who are we appealing to? And what actually ended up happening is that they weren't attracting this new clientele mm-hmm. that they wanted but they were alienating their original clientele instead of expanding on it and they ended up having to shut down and as we all know it's now yeah. apartments <laughs> um, so it was a lose-lose and then we also have the same thing at the peel the peel tried to narrow down its audience from yeah all gay people to gay men they did that for several years and they've now had to take their rules away and make it welcoming for everybody again yeah so. I, I think th- you can make it like gay friendly decor and everything and not be tacky like you you get those kind of like <laughs> like no, but no. I think what he's saying is how do they pay <laughs> (laughs) for that how do they pay for that if there's not enough people coming in I just love the idea that there's like this objective measure (laughs) that you know these venues have to uh, there was one like Twitter post I saw where someone had posted a like note on the like DJ booth Mm -hmm. at a gay bar and it was like Oh, no, no Ariana. Ariana. No Britney. No I Robin's saw that dancing today. on your I was own. Like, and that, that was at a gay bar. Yeah, it was, it was a red note. And it was saying, we want to keep this place unique. We want and to be unique. And a list of all the things you're not allowed to play on the jukebox. But it was. I felt very seen by that. Wait a second. But I think that's what business owners are, mm. s- are struggling with, is this like alienating different parts yeah. of their Well, audience. if it wasn't for RuPaul's Drag Race, we wouldn't have dwindling numbers at the gay clubs. Ooh. And so we'd all be fine and we didn't have to experience 
expand our gay clubs and <laughs> well like one of the main gay clubs in brisbane the beat mega club that's oh, yeah. like quite a few different rooms and stuff yeah but my memory of it was downstairs was straight and upstairs was gay but then they both that's intermingled but i don't think it was like it, like it wasn't like rules but does it still yeah. have the tuck shop downstairs yes oh, do you know about the tuck shop it was downstairs? like no. the dodgiest but like so this is still- so brisbane <laughs> was- hey for anyone that's not from australia brisbane <laughs> brisbane is up in the north of australia <laughs> Yeah. But they've got this club, this really great, mm. massive club called Beat, and it's most of it mostly gay, and it's a whole lot of levels. But the bottom level has like a 1980s tuck shop <laughs> on the side of the dance floor, so and yeah, there's this woman that. just so sort of sitting on a stool, and it's got like the Lay's chips hanging down on the yeah, wall, and it's got that. a Bay Marie with like, literally like out of a school. And you can called? buy like um, you can buy Dagwood dogs, yeah, is that yeah, what they're and like Chico the- rolls, potato cake or scallops, whatever. Yeah, the Queens, like, so and random. Dim Sims and stuff, and like twisties and Mars bars and big M's. It's so out of place. So is it? That how you maintain. That's bring a t- how you make <laughs> your bring money. Bring a tuck shop and then you join the people together with food. <laughs> Terrible, yeah. gross, cheap, hot. Yeah, horrible food. <laughs> Four-day-old food. Um, do you guys think another issue with these clubs is that straight men are drawn to the women in gay clubs because women feel safer in gay clubs? So then, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, do you think it's drawing in these like horrible kind of like predators? Yeah, because yeah, they, they know that, that means, like all these pretty girls absolutely. feel comfortable and I think with they're the gay the friends. Ones we're concerned about and getting into because we're not concerned about JB getting in there. Yeah, well, I am. You well, should. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I've got heaps of straight friends that I feel very comfortable taking to these spaces, and I know that they won't make anybody feel uncomfortable, and that they're very aware that yes, they, it's not their space. Mm-hmm. It's our space and they're coming to join me but it's those kinds of people that I think the owners of these venues should be wary of Uh because they're the ones going to scare off their core base clientele Mm -hmm. hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Full disclosure, there's going to be some spoilers talking about the finale of All Stars 4, bum, Drag bum, Race. Drag me to hell. But there was quite a backlash to the crowning yeah. or the double crowning that occurred on the ooh, weekend ooh. where RuPaul decided, or I would say production decided, to crown both finalists, mm-hmm. which was Trinity and Monet Exchange, yeah. as opposed to a single winner for this season. Yeah, Being a bit of a Reddit Nancy Drew of Drag <laughs> Race, the interesting thing about this double win is that it felt really hollow to a it lot felt of people so hollow yeah i think the reason why that is is when you watch it back it's actually done completely in post yeah it is yeah it, the, you never see them together walking yeah. down they're like it's all completely i hope the fucking shot. editors got an extra hundred thousand dollars because they did a really yeah, good job of so many... taking that footage and trying to stick it together and making it look I like i thought it was. looked like it was done in iMovie. <laughs> oh like, really yeah no, i mean i think considering they would have been given footage of each individual yeah, person they probably had nothing to work with do they film all four of them winning or so, is it just the final two? Yeah. Well, this not... is what's interesting about this double win mm-hmm. is in the previous seasons, they have actually filmed double crownings. So right. the last season, the season mm-hmm. before it, and I think 
Bianca and Adore's season. Right. Yeah, so like the public yeah. doesn't know. Or the drag queens don't even know who wins. Yeah. yeah. But for those seasons, there is a legitimate chance that they will do yeah. a tie or a double crowning. Yeah. Which I've realized I hate saying out loud. Double yeah, I keep, you keep saying it <laughs> yeah. and it, I keep like, yeah. jar, it's jarring every time. My, I've met a baby. I think I double had that crowning. Eight times. <laughs> um, but this is the one of the only recent seasons mm. where they have not actually filmed a tie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so you. they didn't. They didn't Double film <laughs> that as an outcome. They only filmed yeah, Monet Exchange winning have. and Trinity winning. So what people sort of... it What's not induced? I'm thinking birth Oh now. my God. What people have babies. deduced from this is that this was a decision that was made after filming yeah. finished. A few reasons why potentially this decision was made was a backlash to the previous three seasons mm-hmm. of All Stars having all white winners in the what they call the Hall of Fame. So there was a lot of outcry that they have this new cast, All Stars 4, a cast that was predominantly queens of colour. Yeah. And like really talented ones as well. Super talented queens of colour and... The fans were basically calling for blood from episode one. Yeah. If they were going to crown a white queen yeah, for the right. fourth time in a row. So I think they realized, mm-hmm. fuck, we've filmed this whole season yeah. really pegging Do you Trinity think Naomi screwed winner. it all up? Because like Manila was the person of color that everyone I thought was rooting for and wanting to win. I, I Look, the show was so brilliant when it first started and it's just become so weak. And I've said this a million times before. I'm not <laughs> going to bang on about how I don't like it. But do an entire season of people of color. Like, fuck it. We don't need white queens on there. Yeah. Do an All-Stars that yeah. was just entirely... I mean, there's definitely enough of them. And if that was one of the problems, they should have gone, okay, cool. So let's go back and get all these wonderful queens of color and do an All-Stars of color. Uh, this just seems like a, a, a mm-hmm. cop-out kind of way of yeah. redressing that problem. And uh, to an extent, I think the show may be beyond that point. Yeah. yeah. It, it do, just do you has... think it'll mix it up when they bring it to other countries like the UK? Not if it's just, oh, yeah. here's our big finale. Mouth the words to one of RuPaul's songs. Like, no, we've yeah. done this a million times. Think yeah, of something. They need to, like, and there are like so many writers on these shows that come up with concepts in mm-hmm. rooms for ages. Fire them all and get new ones. Yeah. Bring some of the queens that have worked on the show to, to come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. There, there's got to be fresh stuff. It's so bland. Yeah, well, I thought Thailand did do that. Have you seen any of Thailand? Yeah, yeah. I watched the whole season. Oh, okay. There was a guy, like a fan. Who, Where can you watch it? Just to stream it. Somewhere. You can stream it and there was one dedicated fan who did all the subtitles into him. English and he also <laughs> did little cultural notes on oh, the subtitles as well Bless his to explain like <laughs> what some of these Thai jokes were because they don't make sense out of context. But their challenges actually did have a lot of effort. Their finale was incredible. They yeah. all had to design their mm-hmm. own lip sync. Yeah, brilliant. So design like a backdrop, a choreograph. Oh, heaven. And it did have that kind of spark mm-hmm. that RuPaul's doesn't have anymore. Well, yeah. the American RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race doesn't have anymore. And I think part of that is the show has just reached a certain it's tired, yeah, a certain point, and it's a certain demographic that it just needs to keep happy mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point. I think All Stars is very lackluster and tight and anticlimactic at the end because they don't mm-hmm. have like the whole ceremony and everything like that, and it's just like okay, you won in bad cut up footage. I think All Stars Two is one of the best seasons of Drag Race yeah. ever produced, just for the 
mix of talent. Which one was that? There. Was that the one with Katya? Um, oh yeah, I love Katya. But that was like lightning in a bottle. You just yeah. had some very talented, funny mm-hmm. people salvaging the material yeah. given to yeah. them. If it was down to that final lip sync. I thought Monet should have just won. The way it's worded, it's like you've made it down to the last mm-hmm. two. Everything is based on this lip sync. Yeah. So if you're going to base on that, then Monet. Should oh have just yeah, won. the lip sync was really good. Yeah, I just don't think she is as polished as a lot of the other queens that went home. It's like the weird think that the winner, So like the way it's sort of set up. Uh-huh. Do you think the winner should be the person that did the best overall in the season, or are we saying right, we're down to the last challenge, and this yeah. last challenge? is this lip sync so whoever does the best lip sync is the winner because that's how it works for all the other lip syncs shouldn't it be overall Uh, yeah this is like a whole episode yeah Yeah. i mean i I love that i love the wig reveal monet did to reveal the same Same wig wig. (laughs) i I cackled that was really good i also think the reason this felt so fumbled the seasons are obviously planned in advance and yeah i do think manila leaving halfway through really Screwed the pooch totally. in terms of Threw what they were off. planning. There's this great clip of Alaska on what they call the pit stop, which mm-hmm. is this like post episode discussion that the two queens have. And it's actually with Manila and she asks Alaska, so is this a top four that you envisioned? Oh. And she just goes, mm, no. <laughs> and, and I don't think it was really the top four going into the season anyone, including yeah. the producers, envisioned. Yeah. And they got to the end, they had that shitty slow jam. That song was version. so yeah. boring. <laughs> like normally I like the songs, but that one was just like, oh my God. What is this? It was too slow. If there's something I can get on board with with Drag Race is at least the last challenge being a really good dance music number. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the center. Weiju Rochu category is Kitty Girl from All Stars 3. They're all sort of like high points. Yes. And this one just felt really flat. It's on a weird sound stage that looks like a high school musical. The only things I liked about it was Monet's outfit, which was like Black Panther and like Wakanda Warrior. That was amazing. And Naomi's outfit, she looked really cool as a superhero in that like sleek plasticky thing. And it's hard not to discuss race when talking about drag race. A lot of hate has gone to Naomi for eliminating Manila. A lot of it racially based. And a lot of people now slagging Trinity and Monet for tying from either sides of the race camp. People saying this is a token win. You're not a real winner to Monet. That's so mean. Like, fill people up. Don't get silly, but drag race fans... Well, we really call them fans because mm-hmm. this behavior is just like it's not encouraged by the queens or yeah. the show itself. Do you think we could have been seeing a different reaction from the fan base mm-hmm. if one of the queens was crowned over the other? So if it was a solo it, you, Monet exchange win, yeah. for example. <laughs> well, I mean, to, for me, it goes back to how is the show structured, which is, is not really clear. Yeah. But if she'd won, I would have said, yeah, she should have won based mm-hmm. on that lip sync. That was totally a winning lip sync. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't watched the entire season, but I, I feel like you get through every episode by doing the best in that episode, not based yeah. on how you did the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like the winner at the end should be the one that wins that final challenge yeah and which i think she did win so that's how i would have felt had she won but yes i see what you're saying that there are people that would have said that it was a it was a token win a token win which i couldn't imagine Mm -hmm. how that would feel as a performer yeah be awful yeah to be told that you only won have you guys seen that video of them finding out oh yeah like when they're just like looking up the screen and because they don't find out until they're actually watching the so they they find out basically the same yeah the same time as we do that's amazing yeah, she looked gooped. I, I think it's time for RuPaul to take a break from All Stars. 
Yes, mm. absolutely. Um, and if anything, we're known for is give like the show people. a fucking rest. Let it go for a yeah, year. Stop like people queuing leave up people season after season. gagging for it. Yeah, it yeah. Should like, be ready it's to like go. It's, if it's too readily available, no people one's gonna... are going to bag the shit out of it. We're going to pick it apart. There's no time to find good new talent. Exactly. Leave what it... is it? Is it a week between All Stars and then like a week off and then the new season starts? I think season it starts 11? in two weeks. Oh. The gays are angry and... The gays are revolting. The gays are revolting. (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty vocal about it online. So, uh, if anything, I don't see a tie. They're spitting the dummy. More baby talk. (laughs) (laughs) I had an experience on the weekend, which I guess wasn't the greatest for me. Just before we went to Dale's Fit on Saturday, I had like a pre-drinks at my house on Friday and I had like a whole bunch of people over. I had work people over that I haven't been out with. And decided to take them to Puffdorf. So we had a like really fun time at my house, and then it looks just... like a party. Yeah, it went off. Like it was a big pre-drinks. I'm sure so I would have been fun. invited if I wasn't at Gay Times. Yes, <laughs> I <Of course>. asked <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, did you? I yeah, I did. Sorry, <laughs> that's where I remember. Anyway. To be honest, that's really the last thing I remember because I woke up on Saturday thinking I was dying, not in my own home, at my friend Blake's house, didn't know what was happening, and God explained to me that my drink was spiked on the Friday night. Mm, And it was one of the scariest things because you hear about it happening to people and just having no recollection. Like I, I remember getting into the club and seeing some people there, and then... I've been told that I went to go sit down or like it happened Mm. very quickly and I got found on the couches just basically unconscious and I know Joel Creasy was there and he was really nice enough to help me out from I've been told this is all stuff that I've been told and tried to piece together from a lot of different people and everyone panicked and found Duncan and my friend Blake and they tried to get me up security was asking what I was on and everyone's like he's literally not on nothing he's just been drinking tonight and they wouldn't believe it he's not on nothing yeah (laughs) And it happened so quickly. And I was like, is this my fault? Like, maybe I did drink too much. Maybe that's what happened. But everyone's kind of telling me that it doesn't happen like that. Like, it happened very quickly. Yeah. I kind of just lay down and was out. So Joel Creasy, like, knew some people. And they decided to take me out the back entrance because if they think you're on something or, like, drugging out at Puffdorf, you can get a lifetime ban. So they snuck me out the back so that wouldn't happen to me. But waking up and finding this all out while feeling so sick and dying, like, I'm not sure if it was a normal hangover or if it was just, I don't know what it was, but I cried a few times and I don't know why. It was just very emotional and just having that lack of control and just thinking of people seeing me in that state and just thinking that I can't control myself or maybe that I did like OD on drugs or something. Or it was a very scary, vulnerable, horrible feeling. I definitely. I'm not looking at like clubbing the same way. Like, like all my friends are worried that I'm not going to go out with them anymore. And like, I will, but it's just, I can't not think about it. And I know I will be more conscious of it. But, it's um, awful that when it ha- something like that happens, in I can't believe it still happens. Safe. Yeah. yeah I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't think but it would happen in a game club. Especially in your safe. And that's your safe yeah. space. You're there what, like, like we every weekend, you know, which sort of goes back to what we were talking about with that guy that was harassing you. Yeah. I mean, it, it is was great just last to have week I was friends. talking about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. To have your friends around and stuff, but you do have to be really aware of predators in all venues, not just, just that one. It's, an awful thing. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. The silver lining, I guess, you've always got to look for a silver mm-hmm. lining is you are now going to be aware of it, not just for yourself, but yeah. also for friends yeah, as well. definitely. It's something that I've always been very cautious of because my mother's a nurse and she is, yeah. since I was old enough to go out, she mm-hmm. drilled into me, do not leave your drinks alone. Don't let I mean, anyone I don't you think know, I've hold your drinks. I mean, I don't think I've been an idiot. Like, I've no, had that no, to my 
that it's, as well. And a lot just, of people think that I, I was just very blase about it. I, I don't think you, I've been myself, out with you. I know you're not yeah, an idiot. You're, you're very aware of yourself being very at clubs. like careless. Like no, that, you're not so careless. Not sure someone... But it's just being aware that it just takes a few seconds for someone yeah. to be able to do that. And, and like I hear a lot of people talking about how people think they're doing others a favor by doing it, and like they're well. That's so the only real drink spiking experience I've had was my first boyfriend. Yeah, well, not my first boyfriend, but the boyfriend I had when I first was going out to clubs. He was like offering me party drugs. I'd never mm. taken part. Like I had weed and stuff before, but yeah. I never had party drugs. So he put some in my drink, and a little while later, but I was against, like, oh, I like you didn't know. No, I didn't know yeah. about it. And a little bit later, I was like, oh, I feel really weird. He's like, do you feel good? I was like, yeah, I do. But I like, I've got heaps of energy. I was like, yeah, I put some. I think it was speed or something in my Jesus. drink. He was like, because I knew you wouldn't take it, but I knew you'd like it anyway. And I was like, that is so fucked. Yeah. Not the same as your situation, yeah. but still That's doing still something very, without very someone's fun. permission. So yeah, that thing of thinking they're doing you a favor is like mm-hmm. the most fucked. Spiking it's, someone's drink is not doing anyone a favor. Such a creepy feeling yeah. to think was the person there watching like everything unfold like yeah. were they trying and what was their to, intentions like, after that what was happened their, like were they trying like it's, it's a violation like this, of your rights it's a t- your total violation yeah. you feel like so unsafe and mm. so Duncan and Blake carried me home like unconscious like fell out of cab it was like 3am or something mm. so they were just they were super intoxicated and they're having to like deal with this and sober up don't want to like ruin other people's nights but also I don't want to people to think that of me yeah. yeah yeah look i don't think anyone is gonna think that of you mm. the, the person that did it let's assume, mm. i assume doesn't know you and i've traveled a lot by myself i'm sure a lot of people when they travel to melbourne by themselves that's yeah. you know one of the biggest clubs they probably go there by themselves what if mm. you were someone that was traveling by themselves and didn't have people it's, around absolutely that you that would go this is out of character for kyle uh, yeah. we got to look after him if, if you were just by yourself people would think oh he's obviously just had too much his friends have popped him mm. on the couch and he'll be fine looking after himself and something worse could have happened Seriously. it's really really horrific that people do that Mm. there's something i read online it was about women's safety Mm -hmm. which really resonated with me and i think about it all the time and of course it's so important for us Mm -hmm. to look out for each other and watch our drinks to keep our safety in mind when we go out but the conversation is always so focused on what we can do to protect ourselves Mm, yeah instead of advocating that just don't fucking put things in other people's drinks Yeah. yeah and this post was really quite good it was saying by Advocating for like protecting yourself, what you're saying is just don't be the person that gets their drink spiked and mm-hmm. don't be the person that gets sexually assaulted as yeah, opposed it sounds to very easy, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. As opposed to don't sexually assault people. Yes. I've had my drink spiked like mm-hmm. more times than I've had haircuts, but because I'm a yeah. slow learner. I mean, weren't you speaking were you you were literally speaking about that last week when your dad saved you? Yeah, yeah. like I was yeah. drinking pre-mixes out of a stranger's bag yeah. underaged in a venue and luckily my dad came and got me but essentially it, he still spiked your drink though well I had no idea what that drink yeah, was exactly. I, th- I thought it was just like a gin and tonic mm-hmm. in a Mount Franklin water bottle Yeah, but even like I think back to times JB and I used to drink in Adelaide we'd do this thing called Friday Night Lights where this bar would do 50 cent pots on the hour and it would go up by 50 cents every hour. So we would go and buy a hundred pots and we would just line them up on our table and have them sitting there about, you know, 50 or so drinks or whatever we Mm -hmm. had it going at the time and we'd walk away. Would go yeah. and dance. Oh I'd go God, outside. Right. And I used to do the city. same thing at the Prince of Wales Hotel on Monday nights. And Jeez. That- yeah, and then we'd yeah. come back like twenty minutes later and just like pick a random drink because oh we knew God. we owned that yeah. table yeah. and just start drinking it again. And I think that's. Like, such a stupid thing to do now. Yeah, you raised two really Uh, good points. You're right that we shouldn't be advocating for people to look after mm -hmm. themselves. But 
Yeah, the reality, the reality is, is you have to. Yeah. You have to, and and you have to look out for your friends as yeah. well. And you may think it's fun to put something in mm-hmm. someone's drink, but you don't know their medical history. You don't know you how don't they're going to react to it. It's and, just also a complete violation. <laughs> that's exactly uh, yeah, it's how not, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so violated yeah. and so just not having that memory. I was just dead weight that had to be carried. So what and would you do if someone once told you, like a friend told you that they had spiked someone's drink in the past? Like how? Uh, it's, I would say that's a really irresponsible, yeah. disrespectful thing to do. As people, we only really have ownership and there's one thing you can know for certain and it's your own self. Yeah. And to take that away from a person is just so disrespectful yeah. and a violation of their safety, of their mm-hmm. self, that if you're doing that to your friends, you're showing that you don't... You're not res- a friend. You like, don't res- yeah. respect them. Yeah, I couldn't be friends with someone that had done something Absolutely like that. Not. Even if they thought it was like they were doing it as a favour for somebody. No like. way. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have friends that have ever done it in a like predatory, mm. sexual way. That I wouldn't know how yeah. to handle because I don't know what that thought process yeah. is. But it's something I never really thought it would be a problem for me as a gay man in a gay club. I always like it's kind of in my mind that it's uh, like a thing that women have to worry about in straight clubs. You've never heard about it happening in gay clubs before? That's I the mean, only I guess, place. I guess I have. <laughs> but maybe you need to think about when you're reading about stuff that's happening to people, thinking just because this hasn't happened to me, yeah. I need to think about how this affects individuals because yeah. it could one day be me. Exactly. Does that make sense? Sorry, it yeah, sounds no. like I'm having a go at you no, and I no, don't no. mean it. But just like thinking about other yeah. stuff when there's stuff happening to people, you might be more aware of preventing stuff yeah, for yourself yeah. as well as keeping an eye mm. out on other people when it, other stuff could happen to them. Mm, there could be 99 people. <laughs> <laughs> there could be 99 <laughs> drinks in a room. Yeah. It's, it's real awful. And uh, I'm so sorry that yeah, that happened really to yeah, you. Yeah, it was... One of my friends was out drinking and I, I feel really bad because I'd said, see you later and like gone home from mm. the night. And I didn't hear back from her, I think until the next day when she told me she hung back, like finished her drink, mm-hmm. walked out the venue and mm-hmm. was literally like on the street when it hit and she just fainted and passed out. Oh my God. Yeah, that feeling, I I could just imagine the level of embarrassment, you thinking, Mm -hmm. these people don't know me, I've passed out out of a pub in Richmond and none of us were there. We'd all gone home. She was by herself. And I think a stranger actually realized Mm. what was going on and that it wasn't just a fully gacked person. And that's also part of the message that, we need to start telling people is like, don't always jump to assumptions when you yeah. see someone completely- The other thing is that just because someone's gagged doesn't mean they don't need help either. Like if someone yeah. has, if it is self-inflicted and somebody's lying on the ground, it doesn't mean that they don't deserve help either. Like That's true. And there is also this weird thing of like, when people say my drink was spiked, it's like, was it spiked? Or did you just have I too much I got that a lot. Yeah. And I, I heard- and oh, really? Two, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it, it actually doesn't matter. I mean, sure, it's annoying when people say it to you. Yeah. Why are they even asking that question? I, yeah. If you had had too much to drink and you needed help, you still need help. Yeah. But- be like, why are we assuming that you do? Yeah, it really yeah. fucks. Like, I saw someone write about me like, oh, he's just a pussy who can't handle his drink or yeah. something. I was like, really? That's what someone said that to someone you. Someone said that about. I saw in another conversation. Ooh. Yeah. What? Like, when, yeah. When someone is explaining what happened to me, they were what? like, oh, he's he just can't handle him. Like it was just blew it off completely. And like, who was it? Yes, really the tea. Who was it? Tag I'll tell you after. <laughs> oh. I think that's really... If someone needs help, they need help. Yeah. Someone needs help giving. And that's... And sorry, I'm going to go back to gay times just to go full circle in this podcast. Yeah. But that was really amazing about this festival. You know, people partying, having a good time, people mm. indulging in whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone had an eye out on each other. And, 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 and the gay community is very good at that, I think. That's why we are mm-hmm. very good at drugs and alcohol. We do it a lot more than the heterosexual community statistically. But we generally do keep an eye out for each other. 
each other and you mm-hmm. know you don't know Joel that well but you yeah he I felt really somebody that was falling over and I've had people that I've met a couple yeah. of times come and check I on felt me very when I've been thankful really for that yeah. and it was nice and to that's reflect what, and look we're good at that as yes. a community yeah looking out for each other Well, well, that I- was an episode. We covered a lot. Congratulations. We had, we were down one person, but we got through we a got lot. We got through it in the end. Yeah, thank you. And please subscribe to all our social medias at Gaze Rolling Pod on Instagram. Let us know if you want us to do a live show in your city because we're working that out at the moment. Oh, definitely. And don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts because we need as much feedback as we can possibly <laughs> get. We thrive on your feedback. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're into it. And of course, you might have seen on our socials, we do have... Dr. George uh, is coming back. We had him uh, a few months ago on uh, an episode and he's coming back to give more advice from an actual real doctor. So if you have any burning questions, if it's it's burning burning spots, you should probably go and see a doctor before that episode. But if you do have any uh, questions on mental or physical health, especially if it relates to the um, queer community, then give us a message or or sexy questions. And you can be anonymous. That's fine. We won't say your name or address unless you want it. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much. Next Thank week. You guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.